Hello folks, welcome to the preamble. My name is Grumsworth, over here we have Burlock, and today we're going to be talking about special characters. So then Burlock, what do you think to this? Special characters, how special are they exactly? Oh. Special characters. I think they're a little bit too special. What are they? What's going what on? What are they? So in our tabletop games and things like this, many of you will have noticed that we can field some particularly uh, storied, gigantic, really crazy stats-wise individual characters. Our special characters, our heroes of legends, and many there are to choose from. To mention a few, your Nagashes, your mm. Abaddons. Oh, your Corbulos, yeah. Corbulo, brother, yeah. brother, Kerry Corbulo. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. Your, your yeah. Gazkolthraka, all of the characters who have a particular place often in the lore of whatever universe mm -hmm. you're, you're playing around with. But also, often models are made of these guys, so you can take them and field them in your own armies as well. That's right, yeah. I think special characters are obviously obviously really really cool um you think about they games workshop are. for example we, when we're gonna again we're, we're focusing on games workshop i think because because we're very familiar with with their their, yeah, um, yeah. their game systems etc but we also read a lot of their books published by the black library and uh you think about a lot of these stories that you read um dan abnett for example with the gaunt's ghosts you look mm -hmm. at william king with the gotrek and felix novels you look at uh well a whole mixed bag of authors with the Horus Heresy novels. We play games that are, uh, you know, based in these universes that we read about in our books um, and read about in the codexes and the army army lists and the rule books. And we think, I really want to play or build this particular army because I really like the uh, the story behind these guys, or I really like the way they play mm -hmm. in game. Yeah, um, that's sometimes, right. Sometimes, sometimes, what better way to represent your army or your faction of choice than by having them led to the battle by one of their heroes, one of their legends, one of their characters. Right. And it brings that idea of the lore, the game space, the universe, it brings it straight to the tabletop um, in an identifiable kind of way, doesn't it? I mean, you have, you have Commander Dante or the Blood Angels leading your force. You're going to feel good about that. That's why special characters are really cool, right? <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Yeah, it's bringing them out of the books, out of the, out of the lore and the narrative and and making that sort of breeding that setting in your own tabletop game so yeah. you might be stood in your kitchen there over a, a dimly lit table with your army of blood angels there marching forward against some terrifying tyranid monstrosities or something like this but also as that golden boy jumps forward with his jetpack on swinging his little inferno pistol around you you can get into the idea that you've got Dante here, the chapter master, you know, and, and all the weight of his story and his deeds kind of rolled in with that individual miniature. And yep. I think they're a really good way of you can kind of replay their heroic actions. Yeah. You can replay their backstory. Um, or you can be taking these guys off on a, a new adventure, one that has yet to a story of your own one that has yet to be written so i think it's this yeah. is this is one of the reasons why special characters are cool and why including them in your games it, it brings more than just their mechanical value which can often be 
colossally high as well, can't they? Incredible, some of them, yeah. These special characters can be absolutely game-breaking if they're nice points, if they've got lots of cool abilities, which is almost always the case, isn't it? And as it should be for a special character such as Dante or um, Chief Librarian Tigurius of the Ultramarines, mm. Marnius Calgar, mm. Rabute Gilliman. Krell? <laughs> Krell. How about Krell? Krell. Yeah. yeah, Lord Krell. The Black Axe of Krell. What a good weapon that was. See, Raised so, from the death by Heinrich Kemmler, I believe. Exactly. Another yeah. belter of a character. But, <laughs> what but a good so, hat. And an excellent hat. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant yeah. robes, fine stuff. <laughs> Funny pointy hat. Yeah. <laughs> One of those characters, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. That that kind of shows where they have extra value here as well. And why many of us own a few of these characters. Because we can instantly reference their backstory if we've read into that. Yeah. And they become a centerpiece, don't they? They do become a centerpiece, yeah. Yeah. Not only with their often very stunning, elaborate models which break up the kind of line troops of your army, but also it brings more story to the tabletop. Now, this yeah. is not always a good thing, and it's not always something that you probably want to be doing. Yeah. I, know, I know we kind of share a similar view, don't we, mm -hmm. Burlock, on the use of special characters? Well, in that we don't use them, you mean? That's right, in, the, in that we don't <laughs> really use them. Um, yeah, I mean, I must admit, not really. I, I, I don't tend to. Um, no. no. I've I, I have before. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm not coming at this from. A, I'm just going to disregard this whole facet of our game. Of course, um, out of hand because I've used special characters before. But I mean, I can give you a, a tale of using Marnius Calgar and his squad oh, yeah. veterans, charging them through the lines of um, uh, some uh, some tyranids, and him being laid low by a squad of termagants. A sad, sad time. For the chapter master of the ultramarines isn't it really yeah, these things can happen right yeah, so your happen. glorious commander in charge of the whole chapter who is you know only ever going to be found you know hundreds of years old hundreds of years old yeah laid low by some by some lowly mm. you know rank and file alien troops with you know hardly any stats to them just because he rolled a bunch of ones um it, it so doesn't it, it doesn't fit with the kind of the the lore and the story he he should be dying to a, an adversary kind of worthy of him yeah, shouldn't he really yeah, of course he yeah. should yeah so um you know and some in some ways uh, having those special characters and expecting them to just you know plow through their their enemy, yeah you know, it, it it's a little sad when that doesn't happen and it's a bit deflating takes the wind out of your sails a little bit yeah yeah um is that why but, you stray away from playing them do you think um partly but not entirely i think the, okay. one of the main reasons why i don't is because i these days i don't really have a lot of time to play very large games now yeah. once or twice a year yes definitely where we play sort of three four five thousand points multiple players around mm -hmm. the table um and that kind of situation is a, a lot more viable i think to be able to use a, yeah. like a, you okay. know, a, a special character like that but very often they tend to be smaller games which is fine up to a thousand fifteen hundred points perhaps even two thousand which i could consider you know in some instances to be a uh you know an afternoon of gaming yeah 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 um, but even that i i consider to be sort of somewhat skirmish level you know you're talking about forces which only include six or seven squads at the most yeah, yeah. um and i find it difficult to imagine 
one of the top dogs, you know, one of the chapter masters or one of the world's most powerful sorcerers or, or mm-hmm. you know, griffin riding lords mm-hmm. um, to be heading up such tiny, tiny armies. Yeah, um, I, I totally get that also. And I think that's one of the reasons why I fall into the sort of same camp as you on that issue. Mm-hmm. I have used special characters in kind of 2000-ish point games and smaller and sometimes I can kind of puzzle out a little bit of a workaround. Often the sort of the sort of engagements that are are shown in the law in these books, they tend to be thousands and thousands and millions and millions of fighting men and women. And yeah. your special characters are often, not always, but often the sort of people that are gonna be commanding these huge great forces so to have them walking around on a tabletop with as you say six or seven squads it kind of makes them being there makes it feel more like a skirmish a good point sink as well aren't they they're usually quite expensive massively yeah 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 so so your 2000 point army will be on that one dude who's really powerful don't get me wrong but he's suddenly not got much of an army which doesn't Mm. kind of it, it it makes it less believable or or less you have to work harder to believe that this guy could be in this situation yeah and and i think that is possible you can imagine that the particular piece the particular table that you're playing on is a small chunk of a much wider battle you can imagine yeah like a cross-section of a larger battle for sure that's right yeah yeah Yeah. If, if we take your chapter master of a space marine chapter there you could be playing the very spear tip of the space marines advance couldn't you that's why he's not surrounded in hundreds and hundreds of warriors that's why he's only got 50 but i do find that that's for me anyway that's more often a bit of a reach it it still doesn't quite sit right with me it's almost like these characters while i like the way that they're playable on a tabletop and it's interesting to compare their stats against other heroes and things like that definitely yeah it feels less almost enjoyable to see them on the table and to see calgar laid low by some hormigans you know it's like (laughs) i don't don't want i don't want to see that so when would you uh, what processes would you processes would you go through when Mm. you are about to play a game with a special character what what would it take for you to feel like 100 percent, this is going to be amazing because this special character is on this game what 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 would Mm. have to happen for you to reach that conclusion so I think there's a couple, for myself, there's a couple of ways that that might happen. The first is the straightforward and simple mechanical one. If you're playing a game where narrative isn't too strong a thing, for whatever reason, you might be taking a walk down to a tournament or you might be having a, a series of games with your gaming group where the narrative and the idea and the form of the universe that you're playing in for those games it's not a big thing so it's just like build your army to be as overpowered or as effective as is possible Mm. and the fact that you play a special character in that slots in just for that reason for your strategic value with Mm. with regard to game mechanics this is yeah that's right yeah Mm. yeah Yeah. law wise that's no longer mortarian primarch of the death guard what it is is an amazing game piece I mean, Morty is not that. He's really bad at the moment. Um, But that's by the by. 
<laughs> you know. So yeah. the, the second way I think is where is where if you're playing through maybe a campaign mm -hmm. and the final stages of this campaign play out and it makes good sense for there to be almost the campaign has been a run up to this epic moment this yeah. epic clash between heroes and That's again right. then, then you can kind of picture maybe that this is kind of this is the final battle so at like the end boss almost like the end boss yeah and your yeah. opponent yeah. sort of brings the same maybe and that works for me rather than having say that special character play through in the very first border skirmish the little sort of 40 came 40 minutes situation where yeah. you've just got um you've just got a single gazkolth rakic walking around on his own you know that yeah that exactly. doesn't make sense but if, yeah. if you're playing a game where it's ramping up and up and up and the points maybe mm -hmm. are increasing and then suddenly yeah. you plop down big bad old Belisarius call of the Adeptus well, he, he, yeah. scu he scuttles forward <laughs> in all his glory but he d for me it doesn't work if he does that just scuttling around in all his glory scouting out some buildings you know yeah a couple of couple of dudes following him around on a, a tiny yeah. skirmish battlefield exactly. yeah it's not so great in those early phases of a of a campaign and i think for me that's my kind of favorite way to play 40k yeah. anyway or or any kind of war game whether it be flames of war whether reenacting some some old world war ii stuff yeah. or it be you know warhammer fantasy battle where you're you know you're trying to dominate a shard of magic or you know mm -hmm. a part of the plane of existence um or you're you're in a a huge system-wide um campaign battle um, with multiple forces involved, multiple players in the 40k universe. And I like the idea of playing it that way, where you set a story, you set mm -hmm. an objective for both sides, you know, the forces of chaos, the forces of the Imperium, whatever it might be. And you go through a series of events. You know, the outcome of the first game affects the second game, and the points values can yeah, fluctuate yeah, yeah. depending on the outcome of the last game. You're going to be playing games with your gaming group anyway. So my opinion is play them link the games in a little bit of a cool story get someone involved to do a little bit of writing maybe get a bit mm -hmm. of a gm situation going on that can really help a games master helping out using some of the old um uh, like mighty empires uh tiles that games workshop released hard to come by nowadays i think mm -hmm. but um you can use those to help give yourself a campaign map yeah and then as you say you get to that end point where your armies have grown and grown your missions have become more and more vital and you get through to the point where you're then your ultramarine forces storming the Necron homeworld, the final ziggurat where Zarek, the silent king, um, sits atop this massive pedestal. Oh, and he does that, doesn't he? And he does, yeah. And this kind of brings us on, I suppose, to the how the characters are modelled a little bit these days by Games Workshop. Yeah, okay. Because you can you can cast your mind back as far as I can, I'm sure, when brother captain corbulo of the blood angels he looks about the same size as your average rank and file troop That's he was right. on a 25 mil base uh, he wasn't on a big, a big scenic thing but he looked different he looked posh he enough to stand yeah. out you know especially in the way you, you usually you when you're painting your miniatures you'd put a little bit more attention a bit more detail into these guys especially as they are special characters mm. um they're special know, they are special but they were smaller um, they were closer to your everyman on the battlefield. Um, they had, you know, buffs that could affect small units at a time, perhaps, mm -hmm. or your your big lord styles, Marnius, Calgars, and all that. They would have the 
the bus that you know everybody in your army gets this bonus or certain special characters in warhammer that allow the you know the battle standard bearers effect to double or triple even in some cases um to bring entire sweeping buffs to your army yet they were still the same kind of size and you had you could almost imagine them um as opposed to seeing them physically on the board how do you think that compares to the models these days grumsworth i think that's a really good sort of point of contrast actually i think it special characters from times past they had some special rules with them they had their history and their kind of lore and they would get a sometimes most of the time i'd say reasonably flashy model i think these days in almost all systems as well it tends to be the case that special characters often have to sort of live up visually to the hype of their story and their stats and their usefulness on a battlefield. I think it's kind of really rare these days to see even a sort of a low tier, a a, a kind of cheaper special character who isn't stood on some form of scenic base, maybe to give them some extra height to draw a little bit more of the eye to them. Uh, I think the, the kits tend to be larger, and more complex now specifically talking about games workshop i'd say that's exaggerated to a crazy degree where special characters model wise are often they're they're kind of they often sort of resemble sort of tank sized situations miniatures on large bases um actual kind of centerpieces as you say we'll use corbulo as another good offbeat interesting example he kind of just looked like an interestingly posed but fairly generic um, Space Marine apothecary, didn't he? Yeah, he had his goblet in one hand and his gun in the other. Or was it his knife? I, I, th- I, no, I think he had a chainsword. Oh, a chainsword. That was yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think he was waving a cup around in the air, chainsword at his side. He had popped his helmet off in the style of Space Marine heroes because you have to see their face. Right. see their blonde flowing locks if they're a blood That's angel right. <laughs> exactly. and he did as well short locks i think but he, yeah. but that's really interesting so his kind of design cues and everything were really understated whereas if brother corbulo were released now i assume that he would have some dead and dying astartes at his feet yeah he would be stood on a big old pile of rocks to give him some height they would probably He'd undoubtedly be... have some attendance, wouldn't he? With him, he might have some attendance with him as well. Yeah. You're quite right. There'd be some sort of radiance rippling around his cup. Oh yeah, um, of course. You know, I, I think yeah, billowing smoke or steam or something. And talking of billowing, he would probably have an overlarge cloak as well. He probably would. Which is, <laughs> yeah. which is, that's all fine. I, I think, I would say, special characters in this day and age, their models are more elaborate. And they look cool for that. But I think it does maybe rob us somewhat of some of the sort of smaller, almost men and women of the line sort of characters. Those kind yeah. of low rankers, they're not much better than the sort of elite kind of soldiers or yep. whatnot in your army. They're a little bit better, but they're not. They're not the Silent King and yeah. they're not they're not a primarch you know they're, they're not, they're not, not as calgar or, or, the, or they're not um 
not Rabute Gilliman, for example. That's I'm right. No, a Primarch no. of the line. You know, one of the one of the most legendary characters in all the forty k's lore. Yeah. Suddenly, he's on every board. It robs you a little bit of the majesty and specialness. I think so. A special yeah. character. Um, I actually, I actually, there's so there's an interesting that that makes me think to a, a little bit of a side quest, but not entirely. Mm. So you can get in this day and age, if if we're applying this sort of logic, this idea to 40k, there are a couple of armies even that essentially, law wise, are are an army of special characters. I'm staring at the boys in gold specifically, mm. the Adeptus Custodes. So I get that same feeling. Seeing them on a board kind of robs them a little bit of some of their their majesty and their might. And their mystery. And their mystery as well, which is, that's a really good thing to bring up concerning special characters because where their, yeah. their feats of bravery and heroism and stuff like this, or just their bloody-minded berserking it's nice to know that these characters do still have a bit of mystery about them you don't you don't know when they're going to turn up or what they're up to while you're playing your games with old sergeant gustavo of the imperial guard (laughs) who's just he's just a sergeant with a las pistol and chainsaw over the other i think it allows you to sort of, if you don't have your special characters on your board, it does allow that Sergeant Gustavo to shine over the course of a few games. He's yeah. the one that always survived. Give That's him a right. little bit of a backstory. Make your own special yeah, characters yeah, in that yeah. sense, That's you right. know, and then you find that you find that these things happen quite, quite organically. Um, I mean, don't don't go and sit him on a massive, <laughs> um, super armored, really tooled up sort of floating throne. Because that's not how Gustavo travels to battle. That is he travels how... to battle on the wings of his own charisma. <laughs> he does. He does that in the hopes and dreams of his fellow Cadian shock troops, or just parked on the on the sort of bonnet of a Chimera, yeah, just hanging <laughs> hanging it. off the side of it. So I, I think yeah. the, the sort of the idea of a special character, like I don't think that they have to be absolutely god tier. Hmm. To, to kind of be special to you, which is why I think we're probably on the same page here. Some of the characters that we might have used in our own games are ones that we've sort of homebrewed, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, and I think also the, you know, the, the idea of having um, special characters, you know, on it on every battlefield, mm. um, it, it, it means it that you're a lot kind of... Takes a lot away from that process of tooling up your own captain, giving mm. him a bit of a name. Maybe mm. it's just us. Maybe we like to play these games narratively, but I don't think so. I think that's something that most 40k gamers out there would really enjoy mm. and do really enjoy it. Um, but because these miniatures are like beacons, you know, they are as well. Marines yeah. army or a Necron army. I, if I own a Necron army, I must go out and buy Zarek the Silent King because he's huge. He's really good in the game, and it, you know the model looks fantastic. But I do feel as though there's just a little bit of bleed over from say with 40k for example from age of sigmar um and the idea that these some of these characters are humongous they're they're grandiose Mm. they're majestic they're large they're expensive um they are not just in not just in most in money either not in not in good old english shekels Mm. um but in but in points value as well valuable points Um, yeah yeah i think some of that um ideology and um design um 
you know, has come over into the, the realms of 40K quite a lot now. Mm. I think a little to its detriment. You do, um, yeah. But at the end of the day, you don't have to use them. I mean, you could just say, well, I'm not going to use Sarek. I don't like the model. No, that's fine. <laughs> uh, that was just what I was going to say, actually. I think it's nice that they have these almost over-the-top representations of these characters of legend for people who do want to bring them to the tabletop and people that do want to play those apocalypse-sized sort of games where, for me, that character would fit in on the battlefield. Whether he's yeah. on a massive floating chair or not, that's by the by. It's a cool model, if we're talking about the Silent King there, and things like the models of the Primarchs for use in 40K or the 30K, the Forge World versions, things like that. I would actually say that 40K and Age of Sigmar, they've, they've kind of interpollinated with each other quite a lot. Um, totally on purpose and I think Mm. that's fine because I can still play my games with Sergeant Gustavo as the the real hero I don't need to I don't need to have anyone bigger than that but people who want to play with these these types of characters I like that there's the option for them to do so I think that the one thing that I really like that you touched on there is the fact that when when a miniature and a rule set are released for these sort of characters, some of the mystery is dispelled. And if it's quite sad in a way. It is quite it's sad in a way. It is quite sad. But I think I think it's okay because say Games Workshop, for example, they will never be able to release, even if they worked non-stop, they'll never be able to release all of the sort of special characters law-wise that we know and love. Um, so, so there are there's plenty still in the law, special characters wise right. that, that are hidden from us. Exactly, and if you cast your mind back far enough to some of the old I Codex do. books, there may well be some characters that have already been written up by Games Workshop officially mm. as special characters, but never have a model made for them. Yeah, so they were the days. Dip, yeah, dip back into the uh, those past books, mm-hmm. and if you've got yourself a, a Blood Angels army and you want to just give them a bit of a a bit of an interesting backstory or you got you got a veteran sergeant you a could veteran. call this guy a veteran sergeant that's right <laughs> you could call him yeah. uh, you could you could say that this guy is veteran sergeant so and so from from yeah. from uh, yeah, yeah. you know from, from the time of legends you know one of the firstborn primaries <laughs> one of the firstborn <laughs> but uh, i mean to all you listeners out there let us know though if you think special characters are good if you use them in your battles and in your in your games yeah. or if you like to play narratively that would be lovely to hear uh, your thoughts on it or the combination, the fusing of both. Mm. You yeah. know, I mean, in, in your world, in your story of it, old um, Sergeant uh, Gustavo there, he's the one responsible for the death of Corbulo. Oh, yeah. You know, laying low old Corbulo with his las pistol. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Krell turns up. Who knows? Is <laughs> it? He kills the new Teclis. With a swing of the black axe. Oh, imagine it. Well, oh, I when, can. <laughs> yeah, when the new Krell model is released, which I hear is on its way, right? Oh. So when, it, when it's on its way, with his, his black axe there, he's probably going to look like 10 feet tall. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he'll be on a cloud of spirits and stuff like that. And he'll, oh, be, able yeah. to, he'll be able to, like, nose to nose with Teclas floating high up in the air with his sword. Yeah, he, rubbing shoulders with Nagash, quite literally. That's right. Be that quite, big, quite literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are. I uh, thoughts on special characters. They're pretty special, aren't they? 
they are pretty special. And uh, on that note, thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Those are our thoughts on special characters. Those have been our thoughts on special characters. Perhaps they've been useful in some way to you. Hmm. Um, let us know your thoughts again below. Like, subscribe, um, and use the code in our notes for 10% off everything at roguesgaming.com. It helps us out a little bit, and it can save you a bit of cash. Um, but it seems Grumsworth, that old father time. Oh, he yeah. He beckons and he calls for his quote. Does he now? He's always so thirsty for those quotes, isn't he, old father time? Who is going to offer this quote this fine day? I shall, I think. It is a shifting, uncertain thing which changes as you consider it, which is changed by the very act of observation. A powerful man is not a man who dissects the universe like a puzzle box, examining it piece by piece and measuring each piece with scientific precision. A powerful man has only to look upon the universe to change it. You've been listening to The Preamble. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, and many other podcast platforms. If you want to contact us, just send an email to thepreamble at gmail.com or find us at The Preamble on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Your hosts were Grumsworth and Burlock, brought to you by roguesgaming.com.